Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our guest super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Fellow conspiracy realists, we hope you have had a good week, a good weekend, however you treat the passage of time. Uh, While we were away, uh, my colleagues Matt, Noel, and I were scouring through the internet. We were diving deep into stories that often get unreported and we were doing it for you that's correct this is our weekly strange news segment we are going to find out about a puppet that got arrested in washington dc quite recently uh we are going to have some shades of orwell as the government of china uh attempts to no kidding uh further monitor the internet And we're going to start uh, a little bit less globally, a little bit more local with a a story that I think all three of us found constructive. Uh, Matt, this is an incident that you hipped us to that occurred quite recently. Oh, yes. This is an incident that occurred on Wednesday, June 15th, last week as we record this. 
and it occurred in a place, well, near a place called Port St. Lucie, Florida, which is southeast of where we are. It's immediately north of a place called Marion County, Florida, and that county is just north of West Palm Beach. So if you're looking at it on a map, that's where you, you'll know where you are. And you'll recognize a highway there, Highway I-95, if you've ever traveled <laughs> south Woo! of Georgia. Yeah. I don't know oh, why man. I'm cheering. This is not like a comedy show. <laughs> Yay, it's, not like, it's, it's not like you went, huh, any Highway 95 fans? And I'm like, <laughs> two drinks in going, woo, yeah. 95. You'll be, you'll be very familiar with it. The way you are, if you live in Atlanta, you're familiar with 7585 or 8575 or whatever you want to call it. It's just the one that runs through a lot of the places. So uh, we go there. We travel there now via some reporting done by Ari Haight, I think is how you say it, H-A-I-T, who's writing for WPBF, ABC Channel 25, The Fight in 25th. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing that, you guys. And we go to the perspective of a Marion County Sheriff's deputy, a man named Cameron White. And he and his partner are traveling down that highway, I-95, heading south. And they're just north of another highway called Martin Highway. And these guys are part of a group called the Traveling Criminal Response Team. Doesn't that sound interesting? Them traveling criminals that I guess roam through your county, I'm assuming. And they were looking for anything suspicious. They're in their patrol car. They're on the highway. And, well, they found it. And according to the article, uh, Deputy White said they observed a car that was traveling above the speed limit, probably a a familiar occurrence to them. It had a really dark window tint, he says. And once the driver of the vehicle being pursued realized that there was an officer behind them, uh, what would the driver normally do? I know what I would do. Oh, crap. Uh, I better slow down and I might even move over to the right. I don't like that there's an officer behind me. Uh, well, <laughs> this vehicle, you guys, started swerving across lanes all erratically acting crazy and like, why would you do this? You can clearly see that we're behind you. No lights were on at that point, but uh, they were immediately after that occurred. So as it happens in everyday life all the time, this car gets pulled over by these officers and they get, uh, they get all the people out of the car. There were four people in total in this vehicle. They get them all out of the car. They have a little talking to with them and the officers give these driver, this driver and these passengers a warning. They say, you know, maybe don't do that next time. Maybe don't go so fast. Don't swerve across the lanes, use your signal and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And after they say this, the three passengers immediately go back to the vehicle, but the driver kind of lingers, hangs around with the officers for a while. And you know, the deputy's like, what are you doing? We're on the highway. Go back to your car. Come on, man. And uh, they noticed that he just had this weird look on his face. As the driver turns to walk back to the vehicle, he puts his hand behind his back and he does this. Uh, if you're watching the video, you can see. If not, I'll just describe it to you. He points his hand the way you would if you were pretending to hold a gun like a little kid playing a game. And he right. pulls the trigger finger and he's doing that behind his back so that it's obscured from people in his vehicle that he's driving, but the officers can see it. Mm -hmm. And so the officers are like, whoa, what the, what the hell is this? And according to the article we're talking about here, the officer said, quote, that made the hair on my neck kind of stand up as well as my partner. We kind of just looked at each other like, what's going on? 
So they called the driver back over to them and the driver said, act like you're giving me a ticket. And he started to tell him what was actually happening. Mm. So first of all, guys, um, I don't think any of us have been in a situation like this where we need to, uh, quietly alert authorities about something that's happening. I don't know if you guys ever experienced anything like that. Sort of a blink twice if you're okay kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not or personally. Like, no, I've never had to quietly call 911 or anything like that. I've never had to, I've Set never the been phone in that down somewhere secret. So no one, mm -hmm. so your assailant can't see it. Yeah. Definitely seen it in plenty of TV shows, but no, thankfully not personally. Right. Well, maybe you've been in that situation and we'd definitely like to hear from you um, what technique you used to alert, you know, even if it's just a passerby or somebody that may be able to help you or even an officer of the law. It's like, what did you do and uh, how would you recommend doing that? Well, here's what the driver said, guys. According to the Miami Herald and Madeline List, that's who's writing this story, uh, this person was a dog breeder who lived in that area, Port St. Lucie, that we mentioned. And he had been making a really good living selling doggos. And apparently he'd been boasting a little bit about it, maybe too much on social media about how much cash he's bringing in, kind of showing it off a little bit, right? Ta -ta. Well, yep. Well, earlier that day on Wednesday, June 15th, these guys, two of them at least, showed up at our driver's house and they were pretending to be dog buyers and they had some guns and they began holding this guy hostage. And, you know, where's the money? So he produced about $4,500 for them that he had at the house. They took a bunch of clothing that equaled up to uh, just over $8,000. And then they put this guy in a vehicle and they had a third person who was also there who got in a separate vehicle and they drove this guy around to like hotels and made him like rent hotel rooms for them where they further held him at hostage by knife point. And they eventually coerced him into taking them by car to Miami, which is where the dogs actually were. So like where the real money is, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these guys pile into a vehicle, the one that was seen swerving around the road, and they force our, the dog breeder, our driver, to take them while they're still holding him captive. And uh, it's crazy. I, I can't imagine what would have happened. You can't imagine, rather, what would have happened if uh, he wouldn't have successfully alerted the deputy. But uh, that's how it worked out. He got mm -hmm. away. And uh, thank goodness. I feel like I kind of sped the ending up really quickly there. <laughs> but uh, it, oh, this is the other thing, guys. While the driver was at one of these hotel rooms that they took him to, mm. when he was filling out the paperwork, he wrote, instead of signing the piece of paper, he wrote call 911 on there. And you can imagine, like, that might be something you could do, right? Write a note. Sure. Yeah. Uh, people have, people have tried that. The, the thing is, uh, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind is if you, what you'll hear a lot of people say is if you are in a situation like that, one of your primary goals is not to be taken to a secondary location. So mm. to your point, Matt, and I, I think we should put uh, emphasis on this to your point, what I believe you're alluding to when you're talking about what would have happened if he mm -hmm. had successfully gone to Miami, 
unless they had taken, unless his kidnappers had taken pain to disguise their identities, he was probably meant for the boneyard because that's like, that's what, for anyone who is a casual fan of hip hop or whatever, that's what mask off means. It's not a pandemic reference. Mask off when someone is uh, victimizing you in a crime means that it does not matter whether you know their identity or if you can identify them because you will be dead. That is the yes. reasonable assumption to make. So this guy is doing pretty much, other than flexing, which is a very human error, this guy's doing everything correctly. Uh, he's very lucky that the officer in question wasn't wasn't just... Um, Maybe I mean that that signal, the child's handgun firing, mm -hmm. is so ambiguous that it could be taken yeah. as like an A cab statement, or uh, if yeah. for a particularly defensive officer, it could be taken as a threat, right? Yeah, and this guy could have threat. easily have ended up in court, or his survivors could have easily ended up in court after that guy got shot, with the defense arguing that this was seen as a threat to the officer's life. Right. The only reason that it didn't happen that way is because you, like you said, Ben, the officer just felt something was off from the start of that whole encounter with the vehicle swerving like that when they knew there was an officer behind them. It's not particularly bright that they let him drive. Well, that and you know what? That's the other thing I want to bring up. If you're in this situation, you've got people who are holding you captive and you are the one in control of the yeah, several ton big, vehicle the that they're hand, in. Man. I mean... I don't know, guys. I know that sounds a little reckless, and I don't want to ever uh, say to anyone, you should drive recklessly and endanger other people and yourself. But if you're in that kind of situation, what are they going to do? Threaten to shoot you while you're traveling 70 miles an hour down a freeway? I mean, I don't it's, know. It's tricky. I, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but part of the I don't want to call it an art part of the part of the process or the um, the calculation, the rationale there is that if you can read body language, which is clearly what the officer was doing, the mm -hmm. that signal behind the back just confirmed what the officer was already clocking. If you can read body language and if you are a criminal capable of doing so, when you carjack someone or you kidnap someone, you have them driving, unless they are very in control of their nonverbal signals, you are going to be able to see when they, like moments before, maybe even minutes before mm -hmm. they decide to take the swerve, you're going to be able to see it. And most people, this guy's a little different because he's he's quite clever, and I'm very glad he's alive, of course. Uh, but um, most people are going to throw little ticks; their body will tense in weird ways. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people are very bad at hiding signals. Uh, that swerving was clearly his way of getting pulled over. Right? He did that mm -hmm. on purpose, just like a, a taxi driver getting carjacked. There are numerous examples of this. If you're a taxi driver getting carjacked in the city. And and you want law enforcement to help you? You run the red light; they'll pull you yeah. over, right? Yeah. So th this these are real world examples. Um, but I would say I would say we have to be careful about the idea of um, 
our imaginary selves versus our in-practice selves. It is very easy to say, I am driving in a hypothetical situation, someone has a gun on me, and I will somehow create an accident that allows me to get free or to uh, you know, no longer comply, but somehow it injures or distracts my assailant without doing the same to me. Um, oh, know, I like, agree. Like if you pump the brakes, that's a momentary lapse, right? And if you swerve yeah. and time slows down, adrenaline kicks in, you can still get popped. Yeah. I'm thinking more of um, cause an accident where everybody's going to die. We're going to die. And it's my choice. Get ready. That kind of oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm imagining. Like, like, yeah. oh, you got a gun on me. Okay, well, we're all going to die. Let's go. No, uh, it's, it's a good point. But also, like, I mean, I would think that the kidnappers would be on high alert, too, you know, noticing that there's a police car behind. I mean, I'm yeah. paranoid when I get a police car behind me, even if I'm not even remotely doing anything illegal. Yeah, I just They freak me out. It makes me ten and honestly, it's because I'm afraid of getting harassed. And again, I'm not, uh, thankfully, and and I, I do not take this privilege lightly. You know, not uh, uh, the type of I don't look away that makes me a target to get harassed. And that's just the truth. And it, it sucks. But still, I it freaks me out knowing what they're capable of. Uh, and if I was doing something absolutely illegal, like kidnapping somebody who was driving the car, and I saw a cop behind us, I don't know what they. I wonder what they. You would think they would have like really been keyed into what he might have been doing to tip them yeah. off and threatening him further. Right, right. But I mean, think about think about too the fact that a putting a gun to a head like in the cinema doesn't doesn't work because that's clearly visible through the rear windshield. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would have to put it on the chest or like you'd have to put mm-hmm. it somewhere below that line of visibility. My question for you, Matt, is uh when when the incident occurred, when the person's pulled over, how did he get out of the car? Were all of the people asked out of the car? Like how yeah, did he they, get called out? They walk? had everyone they had everyone get out of the vehicle because of the suspicious nature. And at this point, was it knife point or, or uh at firearm? At that point, there's a knife in one of the guys uh on one of the guys in his person, uh-huh. I think it was a hoodie. And then there were two guns that were stashed. But who knows if they were stashed before the they were pulled over i i Mm -hmm. I don't have that information um i just know that after the driver went back for the second time to go talk to the police officers or to the deputies uh he told them what was going on then the deputies ordered i'm assuming at gunpoint i don't have that information either all of the passengers out of the vehicle and searched the vehicle and they found all those weapons i see so they maybe took the driver out on suspicion of uh Operating a motor vehicle while inebriated, given the swerving. I'm assuming, I'm assuming okay. it was something like that. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. But it is important to note, everybody was out of the car the first time. So there was no weapon on him except for maybe that knife when the, everybody's standing around outside the vehicle on the highway the first time. It's a crazy one. We're going a little long here. So just the last thing to note, these guys were arrested. Their bails were set around $400,000 a piece. They're charged with all kinds of felonies that you can imagine. Home invasion, robbery with a firearm, carjacking, aggravated assault, burglary, grand theft auto, fire, using a firearm, kidnapping, false imprisonment, and tampering with a witness. So uh, hopefully they won't get to do that again anytime soon. Before we go to our next story, 
in, in this segment. Matt, I have to ask you, on behalf of many of our fellow conspiracy realists, what about the dogs? Are the dogs okay, dude? What's going on with the dogs? Dude, they, they made it about 15 minutes down the road from Port St. Lucie. And uh, I think it's like 110, 115 miles to Miami from where they were. So they barely got on the highway when this guy, this driver, saw an opportunity and took it. So long as the dogs are okay. Exactly. Uh, shout out to public information officer with the Mar Martin County Sheriff's Office, Christine Weiss. Uh, uh, shout out. Thanks. So let's take a break and we'll be right back with more strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Uh, 
this is a fun one for strange news, I think. Um, one that uh, connects up with a big news item that's happening right now. These uh, congressional hearings on who's to blame for the January 6th insurgency um, riots. Uh, attempted coup, I guess we could even go so far as to say, at the U.S. Capitol. This is sort of a, a very silly uh, sub-story involving that, but also I think points to some larger uh, connections that we can talk about, um, the three of us. I'm interested to see what you guys think. You guys remember Triumph, the insult comic dog? Sure. Yeah. Famously offended uh, hip-hop phenomenon Eminem. Okay, I could see that. Um, I don't remember that one, but he's famously offended a lot of you. Most people kind of get it, and uh, it's, you know, he's sort of a roaster. He likes to, uh, you know, appear uh, and interact with live uh, events, political events, celebrity events, anything where he can catch somebody off guard and get them to lose their cool. Um, he is both puppeteered, voiced, and created by the comedian slash writer slash creator Robert Smigel, who has been around for a very long time, as has this character. Uh, it's basically just like the, the most lo-fi, crappy little rubber puppy uh, hand puppet. I guess it's sort of like a, a Doberman or something, or I don't know, what would you, what would you say uh, Triumph is? He looks like Triumph? a little mini Doberman, maybe? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, got, let's, call, let's call him that. Yeah, he's got a like a a miniature pincher vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? He's described on Wikipedia as being a Yugoslavian mountain hound. Uh, And he does have kind of an Eastern European uh, accent, um, you know, and and he's usually chomping on a big cigar and he has a giant golden bow tie. Sometimes he sometimes wears hats. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, during the. political contest between Beto O'Rourke and uh, Ted Cruz. He kind of famously stormed every Cruz event and just sort of spammed them with like, you know, questions from this puppet dog as Cruz ran to his, you know, campaign vehicle until finally, you know, Cruz's handlers said, look, we'll give you an interview with Cruz if you just leave us alone. Um, and that happened. And, and it was a, a pretty delightful encounter. You can find that online. Uh, you know, Cruz famously kind of thinks he's pretty funny. Um, he, uh, a lot of I think he could do. maybe... Yeah, well, you know, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, one, he, one point, one point, uh, we got to give some uh, flowers to our guest producer, Max Williams. Uh, Max Williams is blowing up our chat and wants everybody to know that uh, Colbert said Triumph is a Rottweiler. Rottweiler. Oh. There you go. He does look like that. that that's, yeah, that's better than uh what I was saying. But with the with the Cruz thing, um, you know, Cruz thinking, he's, he's always talking about doing characters from the princess bride and like quoting Simpsons episodes and all this stuff. And I think he felt like he could hold his own. He definitely got some laughs from his supporters. And then I think something like it, there was a, a debate about spaying and neutering uh, and then tri- triumphs, you know, after this back and forth, brief back and forth about spaying and neutering, I think it was Cruz made the joke about like, well, you know, it's the Democrats, not the Republicans that are responsible for neutering you. And then triumph shot back. I support spaying and neutering just like Trump did to you. And apparently Ayo. Cruz was like, ah, you got me kind of. So anyway, point being, um, Triumph has been a regular occurrence on the uh, the Stephen Colbert Late Show uh, for, for some time. And in fact, the whole thing with O'Rourke and, and, and Cruz was part of that. Uh, so they sent him out as a kind of a political correspondent. And they sent uh, Triumph you know, and his handler, let's call it, Smigel, and a, uh, a video crew to the 
to Washington, D.C. to film some bits, not actually at the state capitol itself, but at the Longsworth House office building, uh, where they, you know, we're going to get some reacts from uh, some politicians and, and staffers and things like that. And they, of course, had a license or whatever, a permit to shoot there. Um, but apparently something went wrong. We don't know exactly what went wrong. Uh, what we do know is that uh, Smigel and, uh, and, and, and Triumph um, and the, the crew were arrested for unlawful entry. It seems as though they either left and came back or they kind of outstayed the terms of their you know, their permit or whatever, uh, but they definitely were, um, were detained and, and processed. Um, they spent a night in jail and then they were released. Uh, and understandably, you know, Capitol police aren't putting up with any guff after what took place on January 6th. Uh, this seems maybe a little extreme, but who knows what exactly happened? Whatever it might have been, I'm sure that they were, you know, we know this. TV crews do tend to push the envelope a little bit uh, when it comes to, like, getting their footage and maybe being a little pushy or kind of overstaying their welcome. It's certainly a thing. I think we've all seen it. But here's the funny part. This has been kind of taken and jumped on as a talking point by some, like, Republican political pundits saying that uh, essentially accusing a puppet dog of causing uh, its own form of insurrection, um, specifically Tucker Carlson, um, who, you know, the bow-tied uh, Swanson's turkey dinner heir, uh, a parent who, who we all know and, and love, um, who honestly, you know, I think it's pretty clear, not particularly controversial even, to say that the guy's a goon and uh, barely even a news reporter. I mean, what he does is essentially satire. It's essentially, I mean, it's not smart satire, but it is performative. Um, and so he comes on and uh, on his show and accuses uh, Colbert, you know, team of causing their own insurrection. He says, last night, producers from Stephen Colbert's show on CBS committed insurrection at the United States Capitol. He goes on to say, it's exactly like what happened on January 6th. So we'll take a close look at what the punishments are, uh, to which he then, you know, basically acted as though it was absurdly unfair the way they were treated versus the way the uh, how he would maybe categorize as capital protesters were treated. Um, so I think it's a pretty interesting uh, equivalency to, to draw. Um, seems pretty pretty absurd to me uh, to compare, you know, people that actively invaded, you know, a government building while the legislature was in session, you know, to determine who the next president would be in terms of certifying the results of the election. And people were actually killed and, you know, Capitol Police were injured versus, you know, a, a comedy team overstaying their permit a little bit to shoot some goofy bits with a puppet in an office building. Again, it's not like anyone's giving any weight to what Carlson's saying. It's really hard to give any weight to what he's saying if you really pay attention. But a lot of people really believe what he says. And he has a lot of power because he has a very, very uh, large platform. And um, I think that's, you know, whatever politics aside, I think one of the issues with Fox News and their whole model of kind of, uh, um, you know, righteous indignation mongering, I guess, is that 
it's not based on fact. And so many of their kind of pundits aren't reporters. They're people like Carlson who are offering commentary. Um, it's like almost like a video form of like a letter to the editor or like a, you know, an editorial. But it really is like almost like he's playing a character, which is funny considering the character Stephen Colbert used to play on the Colbert Report that was kind of a Tucker Carlson-esque sort of, you know, outrage uh, kind of monger as well. So I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about this? A, is, do you think it's funny? Did that Capitol Police overdo it? Um, and what do you think about Carlson's uh, equivalency there? You want to go first, Matt? Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, for me, I really liked what Colbert said when he responded to the situation, uh, specifically pointing out that, yes, they were there. They were invited. They were you know, supposed to be interviewing certain people. But then when they completed all those interviews, they did kind of what you're describing there, Noel, where they stayed after to do some more, I don't know how he said it, some jokey mix-em-ups. Some yes, kooky, he did say that. <laughs> some whatever he said. B-roll, essentially. Um, they were there for B-roll. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like 8.30 p.m., and they were outside of the uh, offices of minority leader Kevin McCarthy and Lauren Boebert. Yeah, exactly. So they were overstaying their welcome. They were getting a couple extra jokes. And at that point, you know, it's probably not a, a good look as the production crew to be doing that at a time when there are these massive hearings occurring for an actual breach of property there, you know, near the Capitol building on the Capitol building. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I just I really, really like Smigel and I really, really like uh those shows that are able to poke fun at political power, no matter how they do it or from what perspective. So to me, it's, it's funny and hopefully nobody gets in huge trouble. I, I, uh, for my part and well said, Matt, uh, I want to point out that U S Capitol police have issued a publicly available statement. It's quoted, uh, in excerpt in many places, Rolling Stone, et cetera, you name it, as well as Fox. Well, I don't know if Fox news, uh, did their diligence enough to quote from the actual statement, but the Capitol police essentially say, uh, the building was closed to visitors at the time. And they're a little snarky in my opinion, where they say these individuals were determined to be part of a group that had been directed by the USCP, U.S. Capitol Police, to leave the building earlier in the day. If you work in mm. production uh, to the point about pushing envelopes a little bit, you know, like we all three of us have been in these situations uh, separately, sometimes me and Matt together, where the I, where you can film in a window and you're kind of thinking, okay, first off, anybody who's not in production, anytime you film something, it always will take longer than it is supposed to. It's always longer than the time you have allotted. Um, so it well, is that was usually my fault, Ben. Just oh so no, 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 no. <laughs> act like I didn't do 17 takes. But the 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 whole thing is like when you get that window, there's this impetus to say, well, we're already there. And someone mm. at some point said yes. So that still counts as yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll keep going until someone tells us we can't. And that's what that's what happened here. But to your point, Noel, um, to draw that as an equivalent to this is an apolitical statement, by the way, uh, to draw that as an equivalent to uh storming the halls of power of a nation with the clear intent to 
overturn a democratic process, which used to be a very big deal here in the U.S., um, and to also uh, attempt to murder public servants, I think that's different from making dick jokes at someone. Now, I'm not like maybe those dick jokes absolutely literally kill, as the stand-up comics say. Maybe someone, maybe Triumph would get to him so hard that they have a heart attack right then. But I very much, no insult to you, Triumph, doubt that is the case. It makes me think of that weaponized joke from that Monty Python sketch that was so powerful. They had to only distribute it like one word at a time. And accidentally, if someone got, you know, too many words and they would like have, you know, go into paralysis because <laughs> even half the joke was deadly. Um, <laughs> Colbert summed it up in his stand-up, I think, the, pre- the, the following night, uh, uh, thusly. I think it's just great because he goes, he, he start, he's definitely doing a bit, but then he, he goes on to, to be a little more somber about it. And I think this is a great place to leave it. Uh, quote, an insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders, all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This was first-degree puppetry. This was hijinks with the intent to goof, misappropriation of an old Conan bit. Then he goes on, (laughs) and this is very much in line with what you're saying, Ben. Drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our capital to prevent the counting of electoral ballots and a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. Because let's not forget, people died. Uh, And also, you know, Capitol Police in this instance were totally doing their job, as were, you know, Stephen Colbert's staff. So honestly, I'm with Capitol Police here. I think it was probably... Probably not the smartest thing for them to stick around in the climate, knowing that uh, they were asked to leave. So, you know, nope, <laughs> not trying to to knock production people or comedians or whatever, but it definitely seems like they probably should have been a little smarter about that. But the whole rhetoric around it and the whole use of it as this talking point is beyond absurd and I do not think it would work on anybody because it's like, and they went back to New York City, you know, as if the, it's just like kind of these liberal, you know, commies coming in here trying to do hacky jokes about the government. Uh, how dare they? Shame on them. Okay. Okay, Tucker Carlson. We see. Yeah. You. Just, you know, not for nothing, Ben and I have been eyed by the Capitol Police before. Oh, shit. No, that's true. Sorry, you might have to think about that. <laughs> No, it's true. <laughs> it's their job to to like pay attention to people. This is a little different because they're actually, I believe, in that building. But um, mm-hmm. you know, even before uh before COVID, when I was up in the in DC before 9-11, whenever I was just hanging out there, they're gonna come and ask you why you're doing that, especially if it's later <laughs> at night. Let's remember this is 8 30 p.m. Right. This is like if you've ever been at a um, if you've ever been at one of those mixed use live work played environments. Right. They have yeah. a cutoff time. And after a certain time, you have to explain why you're there. Um, I, I don't I, I you know, I'm not I'm not trying to throw stones uh, at at the Capitol Police or, you know, even at um, even at Carlson, because obviously, as you said, Noel, this is not. Uh, a political analyst. He is not himself a politician. Uh, It's a person who is paid to perform for you in the interest of acquiring currency. And forgetting that difference means forgetting some very important things along the way. But I'm really glad you brought this story up. Even if if Triumph, the uh, insult comic dog, is, is not your 
the bowl of kibble or cup of tea, uh, it's, it's important for comedy to exist because it does speak truth to power. I yield my yeah, time. Now I'm worried that I'm a person that performs for currency. No, oh, you do your work. No, 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 Matt, you're a, you're a legitimate journalist. For me to poop on. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you, Conan. And uh, Smig- Smeagol? Smig- <laughs> Smigel. Yes. No, not Smeagol's different. That's the guy. That's the golem. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, then come back with one more piece of strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have returned. Our final story today takes us across the Pacific, but also potentially into your laptop, into your desktop. Statistics say for most of our fellow conspiracy realists, directly into your phone. Have you, let me start with a question. Let's play a little Socratic method. Uh, Matt Knoll, 
everybody listening along at home, have you ever made a comment on social media that you later regretted? All of them. I I try to Classic. avoid making any comments on social media anymore for that very reason. Um, mm. Because you can delete it, but if it was seen by enough people, it just is out there and God forbid people screenshot it. But yeah, I really try not to. I try not to leave reviews for things. I try not to really engage uh, mm. directly, openly on the internet. I'll do like DMs with people, but not out there for the public. Yeah, and I think maybe it may be different uh, at least in my regard, uh, you know, a lot of the great stories that I personally encounter from people who reach out that I have never met in life. And I do, if you're listening, reach out to me, uh, at Ben Bolin or at Ben Bolin HSW or something. Just want you to know, I do vet you a little before I respond because I want, I want to make sure. And to Nolan, Matt's points, uh, statements in a public forum are different now than they were back in, uh, the middle ages or before the era of ubiquitous information. The statements you make now are not remembered by an eyewitness haltingly years later from the public square. They are printed, they are audible, they are visible, and they remain until you or someone else removes them. They also they bring uh, great power, great danger you know, this, these new variables in the world in which we operate. And the government of China famously uh, pro-transparency, I can't finish it, famously pro-censorship, let's be honest, uh, government of China recently made waves when their cyberspace administration, or CAC for short in English, when the CAC said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to clamp down on dissent, and I'll, I'll tell you their rationale in a second, um, we're going to keep up with the times of the evolving, never-ending conversation online by requiring everybody to review every single comment on social media going forward before publishing. Uh, so this would mean that if, for instance, you are on a you are on Twitter, you are on TikTok, uh, you are on you are on here's where it gets crazy, the Facebook page or whatever. Uh, if the if the PRC has its way, then what will occur, at least for audiences in China, if they're allowed to access those platforms, is that let's say um let's say Noel Brown makes a post about um a hot take on a triumph the insult comic doc and matt frederick responds via any handle via any internet pseudonym matt frederick responds and says something like well you know what uh triumph isn't afraid of talking about tiananmen square that comment will have to be reviewed before posting and, you know, Tiananmen Square, a little bit of a touchy subject nowadays with China. Uh, if that comment is allowed to go live, to publish, uh, then the tricky thing is here, uh, not only does Matt Frederick get in trouble, but the guy who posted the thing, even if it's unrelated, the Noel Brown in this example, also gets in trouble, also has consequences. And above Noel Brown, the company owning the platform upon which he is posted may also have 
consequences. You can read uh, the official statement. If you, if you read Chinese, you can easily read it. Uh, if, you, if you want, you can read a, a pretty good, I would say, English translation. But I learned about this when I saw the notice, the official notice, on on state media from the cyberspace admin of China. And this was funny to me. I don't know what you guys think. The notice I saw, which I've attached in our research doc, is not a hard declaration necessarily, but the headline is this. Notice of the Cyberspace Administration of China on public solicitation of comments on the provisions of the administration of internet threat commenting services. So they're saying, Hey, weigh in. Let us know your thoughts. Comments. Comments. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's an anti it's anti-comment legislation asking for public <laughs> comments. Does, does anybody else think that's weird? Does it seem kind They're of just like trying weird? to root out suppressive persons like on the just peace. You know? <laughs> yeah, no no squirrels allowed. Yeah, oh, geez. Check your thetans, everybody. The idea is that they want to uh, protect people, uh, and you know the world knows that uh, com- like powerful forces want you to pay more attention to short form things, right? You can minimize the con- content or substance of a thought, and you can increase the advertising around it. That's why that's why you don't see twenty minute videos on Instagram. You see ten second. Clips, maybe like this, and uh, you know, uh, two posts up and two posts down. There's a sponsored post. There's an ad. That's that's the job of the thing. I'm not saying I I personally don't believe it's good for humanity overall, but um, that's good for those companies, you know, and they want to convince you that's good for you. Do they care if it's actually good? <laughs> Absolutely not. But they do know that the the comment section can uh, create very powerful conversation, even off the smallest little little statement. So this idea is pretty crazy. Uh, the censorship regime is already highly automated in China, and uh, you have probably, fellow conspiracy realists, listened to our earlier episode on how censorship of film works in in the country of China. And this is not to dog on China. This is just something we all need to be aware of across the world, given China's status as a superpower. It can project force and rules to other countries, perhaps to your own country, in a way that you cannot yourself um, raise objection to, right? Uh, so just to give you this, the notice gave a rationale for the rules. They said these new rules are, quote, designed to safeguard national security and public interest and protect the legitimate rights and interests of citizens. How do you guys feel about that? Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. I mean, above board, right? Protecting everybody. Well. Because now we're all censoring ourselves and each other. Your legitimate rights and interests. I thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just don't know why everyone's got to be so distrustful, you know? I mean, surely they have our best interest at heart. Yes, yes, yeah, surely. You know, uh, this this idea then, the way it's um, structured from from what I can understand, and my my Chinese is not super great, 
my English is like maybe okay. But the what I see here that's fascinating is that it's putting the burden of censorship directly on the people posting on social media. And there are a lot of um, hugely influential social media characters and individuals in that country. You know, there are people with millions and millions of followers and they are social media natives, I would argue, right? You don't necessarily recognize them from the blockbuster films, right? Uh, you recognize them because you have only seen them on your phone or in an internet cafe and they're streaming on some equivalent of Twitch or something like that. Those people, this, this structure argues, those people should be held accountable. Now, we've done separately and together uh, and for different initiatives, we've done live videos before and the comments start rolling in, right? Like if, you, if you've watched uh, uh, any live streaming event, Twitch or something like that's pretty popular in the US, then you see the comments sort of there are a lot of emojis, a lot of reactions. There are people just saying random stuff, finger, comma, butthole. And there is no time to edit those things. Yes, shout out Elden Ring. But the um the way this would work would it, it means that that poster, that tremendously popular poster who has thousands of comments per video just going in real time, they would be responsible if one of those comments was saying, do a video on Tiananmen Square or something like that, then they're up the river. And uh, I don't know, like one of my, one of my last questions for, for everybody listening, for you, Matt, for you, Noel, is this even doable? How would this happen in real time streaming? Well, it would be with computers, right? I mean, it would be, you know, some kind of algorithm that's like scrubbing internet feeds 24-7 looking for some sort of key data or key indicator or flags and it would inherently get things wrong, I think. Well, like, a lot of that is already happening is what we're, what, what this is my understanding, Ben. A lot of that automated stuff is happening already on the platforms that exist in mainland China or where, you know, wherever it's being used. This concept of making the user who's generating the content responsible for those comments, um, what it's going to do is really boost the economy. Because think about oh, how many comment moderators there are going to be now, <laughs> especially for any any social media account <laughs> that has more than a few thousand people, you know, subscribe to it. Even a few hundred people subscribe to it. There are going to be that that kind of comment generation, and somebody probably not the live streamer or the person who's making the video going through and having to edit those down every moment in real time. Oh, that's interesting. No, that's a good point. Uh, I'm just talking about, I guess, more big picture, but there's a film that I, I just rewatched um, that I think you guys would dig. It's called Possessor. Uh, it's uh, mm -hmm. by David Cronenberg's son. Cronenberg famously for like body horror, like The Fly and, um, you know, video drum, things like that. But his son's really following in his footsteps with this movie that's kind of like a near future alternate reality version of like where we are with like social media and technology and stuff. And I won't give anything away, but there's a Google esque company that has like the most base level 
uh, position at that company is these people that like sit in what they call, I think like the cave or like the, the floor or something like that. And it's these humans that sit with these kind of like goggles on um, just monitoring everybody in the world, like, like through whatever two way, you know, technology that exists that everyone's just kind of signed away their privacy rights to. And at first you think there's something really weird and nefarious going on. Cause it's like sex scenes and weird stuff happening. But then you realize they're just generating those captures that you see, like they're literally just grabbing and describing swatches of like, they're not looking at the sex, they're looking at the curtains so they can match them up with other curtains from other, you know, other surveillance images to create the captures. And it just occurs to me that this would require like a, a, a farm of humans doing this kind of work. Right. In a yeah. similar way. Yeah. I've, I've seen that film as well and I enjoyed it, but I'm a Cronenberg fan. Here's, here's the, uh, here's the kicker folks. By the time you hear this strange news episode, especially if you are a resident of China, this is important to you. You will be hearing this on June 27th, 2002. That means should you choose, you have this week to, uh, make your statements on to make your comments on this idea of policing comments you have till friday this coming friday july 1st that's when the door closes now some people myself amongst them would argue that the door is already closed as these policies this legislation it passes with very little uh substantive change anytime like by the time you hear about it just assume it's already happening but the the thing i want to leave people with here is an important clarification the way this is written uh gives the government tremendous latitude it doesn't just mean the individual poster it means the entity hosting the post so there are uh there are groups that may choose to fight back um this will mean uh if it goes through that every comment you see in areas affected by this has been sort of pre-analyzed and pre-digested by a moderator. This does stifle conversation. To, I never thought I'd say this, but to the defense of an approach like this, it will ideally uh, reduce the number of scam posts, right? Of attempts to dox people, of attempts to get financial details, but I do not believe that's the real aim. If I am incorrect, I would love to hear corrections to that. To me, it seems like this is a state-level attempt to clamp down on dissent in advance of some big actions that are looming on the horizon, that are coming soon, uh, that will be covered in future episodes. But, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And uh, we don't edit comments on our shows. So feel free to weigh in. We cannot wait to hear from you folks. Do you have firsthand experience with uh, kidnapping attempts? Uh, Have you ever had an interview with the triumph dog or been detained by Capitol police, or at least, you know, did you ever get the heavy questioning? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of spooky. Uh, but you are again, our favorite part of this show. If you are a Chinese national or have spent time there, would love to hear your take on whether or not this Herculean effort to police all social media comments will actually succeed. Uh, until, The government of China does not allow you to comment on our stuff. 
We'd love to hear from you, and we're easy to find online. Oh, yes, we sure are. You can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on YouTube under the handle Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we exist at Conspiracy Stuff Show. You can also give us a telephone call using your hands or your mind, however you use a phone these days. Yes, call 1-833-STDWYTK. When you call in, you will hear Ben's voice and a catchy little song that you might know, and you will leave a message. You have three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname, whatever it can be. Use your imagination. We're excited to hear it. Let us know if we can use your name and voice on the air in one of our listener mail episodes. Those are the only rules, except... If you've got more to say, they can fit in a three-minute message. We highly recommend you instead send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.